3: Good morning, Eagles Nation. You got your boys, Mackamack, here on Birds 365. Hope you all did your civic duty yesterday, got out and voted. After you listened to uh, John McMullen tell you why the Philadelphia Eagles are 8-0, we're going to do the same again today. They're still undefeated. Nothing has changed. And, oh, by the way, the weeks are getting more difficult. When we had the Phillies to fill in the blanks between Eagles games, it made it easier the got a nice win last night, but uh, yeah. we have to wait all you the way so much. You got,
4: you got the Flyers. You know, people got – they got other stuff to complain about.
3: And uh, not as uh, high profile as the Phillies being in well, the playoffs slash World yeah, Series. World well, so, Series. There's a mean. bit of a drop-off there is the point I'm trying to make, Johnny Mack. But, uh, yeah, we all wait patiently from Eagle game to Eagle game. We've got to wait a little more patiently this week because the Eagles don't play till Monday. But at least J-Mac – Got to go over and hear pearls of wisdom from the Eagles assistant coaches, uh-uh. a.k.a. coordinators. Uh, did you glean anything from, uh, as far as insight goes from any of the Eagles' top under lieutenants to Nick Sirianni yesterday?
4: Uh, not really. They're batting down. You know how the Eagles are. And their coordinators even more so because they don't want to uh, color outside the circles, as we say. Uh, Nick Sirianni's. Firmly entrenched of this organization when it comes to on the field stuff, football side. He's got everybody in line. So uh when you do get stuff, it's generally coming straight from the horse's mouth, Nick Sirianni. Um yeah, no, I mean you got some Nicobe Dean info, so um, yeah, which I still can't figure out, but I, I don't with you know, I I it's su- it's such an interesting comparison because you have Cam Juergens as the second-round pick. And nobody questions why Cam Juergens doesn't play for obvious reasons, right? I mean, Jason Kelsey, all-pro player, could be a potential future Hall of Famer. So I get it. I, I get the difference. But everybody's like, Nekobe, 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 nikobe Not noticing that TJ Edwards is a top-ten player in his position. I mean, and he has been all year. Uh, if you look at all the, you know, the, the PFF grades and, and, and just the eye test and how he's playing, but the, di- what it, it, the difference is Jason's entrenched and Jason's got the reputation. Everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Now I bring this up, Jody, because I'm going to break one of my own rules, but only a, a little bit. There's a lot of, and, and Mike Gill is going to be on the show, pointed this out to me. I didn't hear it. Dan Orlovsky said something outrageous yesterday, basically, that anybody could play in this offense and and, and play at the level Jalen Hurts is, which I couldn't believe it came from Dan's mouth, to be really? honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, like, did not that see is, or hear about this? That is such disrespect for the quarterback. And then ESPN does this thing with the executives talking about the Eagles. And you got these old tropes. I don't know if they're battle tested. And it's all about the quarterback. Still, people outside of Philadelphia don't believe in the quarterback. Now, that is disrespect. Now, ultimately, I'm only halfway breaking my own rule because, you know, I don't give a. Uh, uh, a crap about anybody else's opinion that's their opinion and I just generally move on and at the end of the day I don't you know I don't care about their opinions but I do find it amazing you know what does this guy got to do just because he doesn't have the pedigree it's always about the pedigree in this league TJ Edwards can't play because he's an undrafted free agent well I watch him play every week he looks like he can play The shoe ain't coming. This is a large sample size now. Jalen Hurts, because he's a second-round pick and he's not a top-five pick, I don't give a hoot. I mean, and and the name they brought up was Justin Fields, who's doing some nice things from an athleticism standpoint. But you got to be kidding me if you think Justin Fields is stepping into this offense and they would be 8-0. I mean, part of it is, Jalen hurts learning on the job and being farther ahead and all that. And you could talk about ceiling down the road. Cause I know you're a Justin Fields fan, but right now, I mean, come on. I mean, the Eagles have gone through these growing pains with Jalen hurts. They are, they are sort of reaping the rewards of a player development, which I talk about all the time. And by the way, I think Justin Fields would be in a much better situation if he's in Philadelphia with, with this coaching staff. But, you know, I guess you can look at it that way and say, Dan thinks this is the greatest coaching staff in history because they think they can win with anybody. Um, But I, I disagree with that.
3: Right. Here's, here's where I would take that comment and take it another step. That must make AJ Brown, the greatest football player who's ever lived because this is basically the same exact offense they had last year when they went nine and eight, right, Johnny Mac? Yeah. So the only thing that's changed, how many changes did they have on the coaching staff?
4: That—that uh, that, You know, and that's one of the, the stability there is one of Zero. the Zero. They changed
3: they, no coaches. We, we talked about it during the offseason. Yeah. It's unheard of that a coaching staff would make no changes. They kept it completely intact. You got the five offensive starting linemen. You got the tight end. You got the other two wide receivers. You got Miles Sanders. You got the quarterback. So they made one change. And the addition of A.J. Brown makes it into an offense that any quarterback in the league could step in and have that kind of success. Are you kidding me?
4: And did he you actually know,
3: mean it? What, did he say it with a straight face? Mike, and I, I'm not trying to uh, put A.J. Brown's uh, minimize is the word I'm looking for his contribution this year and the kind of season he's having been phenomenal. You you know how I
4: feel about AJ Brown. He's the domino. That's
3: one player out of 11 one. They changed one player and it made it so drastically better that they went from a team that was nine and eight to a team that's undefeated. And the only reason is because AJ Brown, come on, that's not giving anybody the quarterback for sure. He's specifically saying any quarterback could be plugged in, but you're giving no credit to anybody else. Yeah. It's all about AJ and- Brown. AJ Brown lifted this team from a just above 500 to the best team in the NFL, undefeated at 8 0. Come well, on, I think. Dan I, I, I think
4: and, and and Michael be on the show, he played the clip, the clip for me, so it's real. Um, and I think it was Keyshawn Johnson, I think, but I'll, yeah, we can clarify with with, with Mike who basically agreed. So it was more than one person as well. Um, it, it, you know, AJ, and I've talked about it since day one, he's, he's a big domino. Like it, it, it all the pieces fit in place because of AJ Brown. So he's a big part of it. I, I think Dan was talking more about the coaching staff and how good they are. And they're a big part of it as well, but man, you're downplaying the improvement of Jalen Hurts, right. the work ethic, the intangibles everything we always talk about with Jalen Hurts, and everybody says, well, Jalen Hurts is a great athlete and he can run the football and he's dual threat. I said the most impressive part, his improved accuracy, all of that. And still the most impressive part is, no, the decision-making. That's the most impressive part, that and the ball security. His decision-making this season, which is the angst of every young quarterback in this league, and I mean every single one of them, from the top tier guys like Trevor Lawrence and best prospect since insert name to tremendously talented guys like Justin Fields every single one of them has issues with decision making because you got to play the position, you got to learn the position, you got to understand the position, you got to understand the offense that is incredible disrespect to all the decision-making, and it's 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 been unbelievable to the point I can't believe it. I didn't see it coming. We asked Shane Steichen again yesterday. He said he saw it coming. No, he didn't. The Eagles didn't see it coming. You know, Howie Roseman's making all the calls in the offseason. They want you to forget about it, but it existed. They didn't see it coming. So if they didn't see it coming, who gets credit for it? Now I think Nick Sirianni a very good head coach. I think Shane Steichen's a very good offensive coordinator. I think he's going to be a head coach in this league. That's how well he's doing. Um, I think Brian Johnson is a good position coach. He's going to be a coordinator. And maybe he's a future head coach. Who knows? But man, it's the it's the guy doing the stinking work. It's the guy doing the work. I, that that like you know me in power rankings like I don't give any credence to any of them. Uh, people get upset about them. I I just this one actually tweaked me a little bit. I'm like you got to be kidding me. And these are national guys who aren't around, so I get it. They don't see Jalen Hurts every day. They don't see the improvement from you know year to year, week to week, play to play. I I just I you know. He's never going to be a top-five pick, all right? That's that's over. He can't be a top-five pick. He's playing like a top-five pick, whether he's second in the betting markets or first in the betting markets for MVP. You're telling me any starting quarterback can come into this situation and play at an MVP level? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, that I really agree. is.
3: And uh, if you want to say, well, there's been improvement, so the coaches are allowed to improve the coaches are allowed to go from a team that went nine and eight to a team that is now eight and no oh, and wow they've shown this massive improvement but the quarterback is static how does that work you it's can all, you can all. acknowledge that a coaching staff in its second year can take leaps and bounds in improvement But the quarterback's just the quarterback. You plug them in there, and always in the system. So that's why the system, because the system is all that. Most important
4: position in sports. Most important position in sports. You could argue starting pitcher on a particular game day in baseball, uh, but you know that's once every five days. Uh, Most important position in sports, and you're acting like it's it's uh, not not a big deal. You can you can insert anybody. Because of what, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say about that kind dumb, of opinion. It's
3: just, just plain dumb. All right. Uh, I do want to ask about one other thing about your boy, J.G., um, because I watched the video after the fact about uh, the coordinator speaking. And he seemed to get his feathers in a rough a little bit with the fact that some people have said, like Jody McDonald and John McMullen, uh, that in the Eagles being far and away the best turnover team in the National Football League, some of that is luck. Now, there's a key. you got to use your words very carefully here. Some of it is luck. Yeah. It seemed to me that Jonathan didn't like those who said, it's all about luck, which, of course, it isn't. It isn't all about luck, but it's not all about being the most aggressive, the taught-to-slap-the-ball at kind of thing. There's some luck involved. It's a balance. It's it's skill, it's talent, it's coaching, it's mindset, and there's some luck involved there. It's yeah. like a spice you put on top. And JG got really put off yesterday that this is nothing to do with luck. This is what we teach. This is my guy. This is what we work on. Well, there's a little luck involved here too, JG. Just uh, we need to find a happy medium here and acknowledge there's some luck involved, but it's not all luck. He really got a little out of sorts yesterday, at least for me. You were there. Uh, yeah, yeah
4: there. I, I, I mean, maybe it read a little bit differently. He he wasn't. I mean, coaches don't like – he wasn't upset or anything. Coaches don't like the term luck. I mean, Nick Sirianni said the same thing on Friday. They don't like that term luck, so I've started using random. They're more in tune with random. And And, by the way, the same answer – he 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 admitted they come in bunches. They come, you know. Sometimes th- there is a randomness, and 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 then Shane Shane Steichen talked about Chandler Hurts losing a fumble, the first Eagles lost fumble in the eighth game of the season, and he said sometimes that just happens, you know. Oh, but that's not luck. Yeah, and that's why I say I I use the term they don't you like they because they don't want to dismiss, and I get it, they don't want to dismiss the hard work of the players. They don't want to dismiss that back, the talent of the players. And that's why I think they're more uh, they're more accepting of the term random or randomness. Uh, they understand there's a randomness to it. But then the other part, and this is where JG is correct, the Eagles got a bunch of guys who take the football away. Like Hassan Reddick has a knack for the strip sack. I mean, he's good at it. There are players that are good at it and players that, aren't good at it. Uh, James Bradbury is a tremendously savvy cornerback. Uh, you know, always ripping my guy, Bob Groats. tremendously, tremendously savvy player. I, I, I joked he could join the pro anglers league, the fishing league because he baits so many quarterbacks into making bad throws. That's a trait. Not every cornerback has it. We know Darius Slay's ability to take the football away. He's already been here. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's a playmaker.
0: Yeah,
4: he, he's Seattle a playmaker. Inception. Yeah, he he he's a playmaker. Not only does he make the plays, very much like Trayvon Diggs in Dallas. We we had that conversation, or not? We we're birds three sixty five, but a lot of people had the conversation last year. Well, Diggs gets a lot of interceptions, but he gives up a lot of big plays. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Chauncey, you know, takes chances. He's a playmaker. Uh, he's more apt to turn the football over than Anthony Harris or Rodney McLeod. Um, It's just as simple as that. But here's, here's, here's what my follow up
3: to JG would have been. Okay. If it's all about technique and what you're taught and mindset and has nothing to do with randomness or luck, same thing as far as I'm concerned, but I, I see what you're trying to do there. Good for you, John then it's all about lack of coaching and technique and everything else that you're the worst tackling team in the national football league. You you can't have it both ways that, okay, if it's all about everything that the players do and are coached to do and are, are uh, drilled into their mind that they got to do, when do you correct the inability to tackle You're 32nd in the national football league? Doesn't one play off the other?
4: Um, no. In fact, one of the reasons they're a bad tackling team is because they make so many turnovers and they're always trying to sh- uh, strip the football. You know, one thing that's, about that's one my thing point.
3: if you want to take the praise for getting the turnovers, you got to take the grief for being the worst tackling oh, team in knows, the National Football League.
4: You know, one thing about JG is he will answer the question eventually, and it might come in another question. So, if you read the entire transcript, he talked about the give and take nature of that. He talks about it all the time the give and take nature of of defensive football in the NFL. If you're going to, it might be coverage. You know, you you try to take somebody away, somebody else has tough duty, as he describes it. Um, If you're trying to take the football away and strip strip it, strip it, strip it. Probably Avante Maddox is the best indication of that because he probably tries to strip it a little bit too much and misses so many tackles because of it. Um, Sometimes you're going to give some issues up. And I think the Eagles have made this decision. And by the way, again, we're in a large sample size, Jody. We're through eight games. They made the right decision. It's more important to turn the football over than it is to be the worst tackling team in football because the worst tackling team in football, I believe – they did an adjustment they're 31 i believe jacksonville is again number 32 but either way um they're among the worst tackling teams in football and they're the only undefeated they're team still in football. Undefeated, right so they made the right decision i would tend to agree
3: but if you're going to get your uh, feathers in an uproar because some people notes that there's randomness to being that good in uh, uh the best turnover team in the national football league then you got to be willing to say, yeah, and we could be better at tackling. We're, we're 30, 32nd, 30 31st, 30 whatever. We're bad uh, as long as there's a balance. If you're going to get upset about one thing, you got to be willing to take the heat on the other. Eve John McMahon, I'm Johnny McDonald. You got Mac and Mac on Birds 365. We're headed down the shore from the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN Radio. Mike Gill's going to join us next here on Birds 365.
5: Go to get your game on, go for the beers. Go for the cheers.
6: It's a fall car fest. And Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
5: Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
7: Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently.
0: Go first.
5: At Salus University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salus.edu.
3: You got your Mac, and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jordan McDonald here on Birds Three Sixty Five, a midweek episode of undefeated football <laughs> conversation because Eagles have not lost yet this year, uh, despite the fact that yeah, John, and I may uh, nitpick at times certain things about the team. Well, like like Jalen Hurts like to say, "We're not there yet. We're not there. Yet. We, we can still get better. We can do this better." Well, yeah, McMullen and McDonald say the same thing. And Mike Gill is a bit of a perfectionist, so we'll get him to chime in and do the exact same with us today. What's the biggest problem the Philadelphia Eagles have right now, Mike, at undefeated 8-0? Oh,
4: that's
8: a good question. Well, their special teams aren't great. They don't tackle very well. Uh, And I guess apparently, according to many, they haven't played anybody yet.
4: Yeah, that's true. They haven't been pushed. And by the way, according to a scant view, they can still beat anybody with any quarterback. Uh, you turned me on to that. That that one had me shaking my head. Uh, you know, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Mike. Why, Why? I think it's pedigree. I, I just told Jody. Why Why can't people get, Jalen Hurst is never going to be in a, a top five pick overall. Never going to be. It's over. He was a second round pick. That's what he was. He's playing like a top five overall pick. Yet it seems like many people just aren't going to believe in Jalen Hurts. We're at eleven and counting. This team's been around since 1933. Nobody else has been able to do that. Can we give the kids some credit? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of discussion
8: here, guys. Where one, when you uh, when the fans have a predetermined thought of a person or a player's ability. It is hard for them to do two things. Change that thought, one, because then they would be wrong about their initial thought. Nobody wants to say, man, I was wrong. So they will continue to say, yeah, Hertz is okay, but it's because of X, Y, and Z. It's not really him that has become the good player. It's that he got good players around him. And then you get anybody could do what he's doing because of these other guys. So there's this perception of whatever your mindset was of Jalen Hurts when he was the quarterback for four games the one year, then last year, and then entering this year, it was, eh, he's just okay, we need an upgrade. Nobody wants to say, I was wrong, this guy's the guy. We do it with teams. We don't want to give teams credit because of what their history is the Bengals aren't any good while they were in the Super Bowl last year but nobody wanted to believe in the in the Bengals until they got to the Super Bowl we're doing it now with teams like the Jets and the Giants because their recent history and the Jets history sorry Jody hasn't been very good
4: nobody wants to give them credit for their that's true I won't give the Giants credit so you're right. You, you're definitely tapped in. But remember, yeah, this was not Dan that, Orlovsky. Not this was not some run-of-the-mill Joe fan or even me. This is Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, does, does anybody remember was Orlovsky
3: an anti-Hertz guy coming out in the draft? I don't remember that he was anti or pro-Hertz. I didn't think he had a strong no, stance are on Hertz so one way or the
4: other. I, I never got... Any of that, but I was surprised. And, and just Mike for, me the club. Uh, just for the
8: context, yeah. he said that that the Philadelphia offense is a perfect situation for quarterbacks, basically because they can do anything. They can run, they can throw. They have a great offensive line. They have weapons, and essentially, the conversation became that you could put a variety of quarterbacks into this offense and they would be excelling too. So I don't know if it's a shot at hurts as much as it's a praise. Now the, the addition to the conversation was, well, you could throw Justin Fields in there and this team would be eight. zero because they're that good. I don't know that that's the case. I think Hertz deserves a lot of credit, but I will also say, John and Jody Hertz was a second round pick and you're saying, well, he's never going to be a top five pick. He, but for some reason, people did believe at some point in Russell Wilson, who was a third-round pick. So when did that yeah, happens When I did mean, the people I, make the change to eh, to nah, this guy's really good? Drew Brees, second-round pick. I mean, Tom Brady, obviously historically, but I guess people's minds can be changed. Oh yeah, it has. I made, to- the,
4: I made the comparison before you came on, uh, Mike. This year's draft is a perfect example. Nobody questions why Cam Jurgens doesn't play because Jason Kelsey is what Jason Kelsey is. But Jason Kelsey was a six-round pick. So that changed somewhere along the way. Everybody questions why N'Kobe Dean, not everybody, but a lot of people um, question why N'Kobe Dean can't play even though TJ Edwards is sitting there as a top 10 linebacker in this league and people don't recognize that yet because it's too yeah. soon. Um, it can change. As you mentioned, it has changed. You bring up Russell Wilson, Kelsey. Um, I guess it takes time, uh, but it's interesting because you have Jergens. Nobody questioned. Jergens was the second round pick. Nobody questions why he doesn't play. And every week, I get N'Cobe. When is N'Cobe gonna get on the field? Well, why would Nicobe get on the field? Nothing against N'Kobe. It's a luxury pick, just like Cam Jurgens.
8: Yeah, he was a guy that just happened to be there in the third round, and it's almost like, you know, we can't afford not to take him at this point. I mean, the grade yeah, we have exactly. on him, we'd yeah. be fools, not and not to mention they didn't really know that. Kaiser White was going to be a standout player. They signed him for a year and thought, okay, we got a more athletic linebacker who had had some success in uh, uh, not say, uh, Los Angeles. Let's bring him in here. Uh, T.J. Edwards had been a guy that they liked, but I don't think they thought he would be anchoring their defense. You know, this guy has just jumped off the page and and basically put it to the point where they. I don't know who asked the question yesterday, John Gannon. Hey, do you want to put a package in for uh, N'Kobe Dean? and Yeah, where, like, yeah, yeah we want true. to put a package in for everybody, but why? This isn't like high school football or yeah. the junior league where I need to get some playing time for kids or they might transfer. No, I'm playing my best guys. And, Jody, you've been asking the question, why aren't they playing some of these guys uh, and give them some more experience? I think the secondary guys they don't trust. And, and I'm not saying they don't trust Dean, but I think they're saying these guys are so good, I don't want to take them off the
3: field. Right, but here we, well, here was and, my, here's my and, point as to what out. you were referencing, yeah. Mike, and I want to make sure everybody understands it. They've been well ahead in the fourth yeah. quarter in two consecutive games. And I don't care whether Giannis Gannon thinks he's an NFL coach or a high school coach or a wee coach. If you've got a lead that you don't think your team is bad enough to blow – there's no reason not to get guys onto the field and get them experience. Gannon oh. himself said it last week. Yeah, sure. There's nothing that compares to in-game reps. Well, then get them some in-game and reps. I
8: agree with you on that. I and agree. What we're
3: talking about here,
8: yo. I agree with you that they, if you're up three scores in the fourth quarter, yeah. let yeah. me get the speed of the game for yeah. these guys.
4: Yeah, that's different. A blowout. Yeah, I'm with. I'm with Jody. Well, how how with many everybody.
3: reps did did Dean get last week?
4: None. None. One. well. one. Oh, okay. He got one. He one. Got one. one. He's one had rep. Four... Good job.
3: Good job, JG. Get him that experience he needs.
4: He's had four reps all year. Yeah, and um, I guess the question with him would be,
8: because somebody I, I somebody asked a question yesterday. I saw it in the transcript. Do you want a package for him? And he kind of just said, yeah, we want it for everybody. But they have TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. And we don't want to go looking ahead to how you're moving along to the offseason, but but I would imagine bringing both those guys back is going to be difficult. No, how no. do you understand if Kobe, N'Kobe Dean can handle the speed of the game if he doesn't get any reps in the speed of the game? Slay is back next year, presumably. Bradbury's a free agent. If you want to have to make a decision on Bradbury, how do I understand if I can just let him walk if I don't know what the next guy can do you without know,
4: getting, getting some the reps script, in the real neither. game? Nah. That, yeah, I, I I'm gonna disagree with that because this team is trying to win a Super Bowl. So they're worried about this season. They're not worried about Howie's job. Um and and by the way, JG might not even be here. Shane Steichen might not even be here. They're trying to win football games today, tomorrow. Like the coordinators
8: quarter. next year will be Frank Reich and uh Vic Fangio, right?
4: Yeah, we'll talk about Frank and Vic. Uh uh yeah, for that reason. Um well, let's go there since you brought it up. But the coaching staff is trying to win games this year, and, and and they should. That's Howie's job, and and then you you start over next year. And I project that Howie is projecting, look, he's going to sign T.J. Edwards, is going to probably walk, and the Kobe Dean's going to be a starter. That would be my guess at this point, but that's for next year. Um, you bring up Brian getting fired, uh, you know. Very close to uh Nick Siriani, very close to Shane Steichen, uh, to be honest, Kevin Petullo, a lot of guys, Frank is very close with, and obviously, you know, one of the reasons Nick is here is because of Frank Reich and his recommendation. Um, and uh, the Eagles have tremendous respect for Frank Reich as well. Now, you, you bring up Big Bangio as well. I don't know where this started, but I got so many. Make make Reich a consultant like bangio So I'm going to say it again, directly into the camera. Big bangio is not a consultant for the Philadelphia Eagles. No matter how many times fans say it, he is not a consultant. I don't know where that started. He was at training camp for a few days. Uh, he and Jonathan Gannon now have developed a relationship. Uh, uh, but really, JG started using his scheme because his best friend, Brandon Staley, used it. And he got more of the ideas from Brandon Staley. Anyway, um, eight no, Mike Gill. Why are people wanting to upset the Apple cart? Not that Prank would want to come here. Prank's under contract through 2026. So that moron in Indianapolis has got to pay him anyway. <laughs> now, Nick can text him anytime he wants anyway. And he's certainly going to answer him. Why, why do people are – why do they want to upset the Apple Card?
8: I feel like we've gone through – John, you and I have done segments together for years, and you always laugh when I ask you about the big-name free agent who's now on the street that the other team didn't want. There's that – you know, while Philadelphia has the love affair with the underdog, they also always yearn for the big-name free agent – or the guy they're familiar with. The reunion is always something we yearn for. So I think Frank being a part of that Super Bowl team has that, well, he helped us win. The I mean, John, how many times did we have the conversations during the 2019 season, I guess it was, when Frank went to Indianapolis and the Eagles were struggling? Well, it had to be because Reich was calling all the plays. Peterson's a complete idiot. This was all Frank Reich. So there is this feeling of, hey, this guy helped us win a Super Bowl. If he's available, he's like, enter free, free agent. I mean, a first-round pick gets released from the Raiders nine times, and Eagles fans want all nine of them. Yeah. None of them can play, but because they got drafted in the first round, there's a perception of they might be good. And I think that's where the Reich and Fangio thing is. This guy was a head coach somewhere. He's got to be better than John Gannon because we don't like John Gannon. Frank Reich, he called all the plays the year we won the Super Bowl. Allegedly, allegedly not. Who knows? But he was on that team, so we have to get him on this team. Probably somewhere in there is what I would say is the reason.
3: And Eagle fans have every right to say, let's keep our eye out for Gannon. Bring him in tomorrow? That's dumb. Yeah, you're right, no. No. Uh, you're not bringing him in the mall. Everything is in place, but uh, we'll see what happens. The there opening. is a
8: there is a weird dynamic, though, John, as you mentioned, that Gannon could be a head coach, and it's probably better than 50-50, that if you like somebody to take over for him because you're anticipating him leaving, how do you keep that guy within uh, a cell phone's call to say, hey, you might be the next guy, so keep coming to practice. and show, It's like someone trying to get into our business. Hey, keep coming into the studio. Keep showing your face. One of these yeah. days, one of the well, board officers me. is going to show up,
4: and you're yeah. going to get your opportunity. Trust me, Big doesn't have to show his face. The whole right. stinking league's running his defense. He will have his pick of jobs. My 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 assumption with Big Sancho is first he wants to see if somebody will give him another head coaching job, so he wants to feel that out. If not, and I don't think he will, right. um, then he'll have his anybody. We'll we'll bring him in if they and I shouldn't say anybody because if the Eagles are you know finish fourteen and three whatever win the Super Bowl for whatever reason Jonathan Gannon doesn't get a head coaching job he's not losing his job as defensive coordinator but you get my point he'll have the pick of the litter of jobs and look he's he's somewhat local he, he's a Phillies fan he, he's got I think that's where it all comes from to be honest. Um, who knows? Maybe he will become. The Eagles have tremendous respect for him. The whole league has tremendous respect for him. My my point is, this coaching staff is pretty good. I mean, I had my questions when when they hired Nick Sirianni. Unlike everybody else, I didn't well, know that much about Nick Sirianni, and I looked at his original coaching staff, and I said the same thing everybody else said. Where's the experience? Where Where is it? Um, and, and Nick has brought up a good point over the years, Mike, in that y- 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 that sounding board can come in many different ways. And since he's gotten this job, he's been able to text Frank Reich and ask for advice. Mike McCoy is now down with, uh, Doug Peterson and Jacksonville. You have all these guys, you have all these relationships What's the difference if you have a sounding board inside the building versus outside the building? And I think Nick has proven that's that's the case.
8: Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, and look, all of these things, I think, are uh, dependent on the whole room. Joe Girardi wins a World Series. He obviously is equipped to do it. Yeah. With that group of 25 guys – we're the right 25 guys for him. He comes to Philadelphia, and just because he won a world series with the Yankees, now all of a sudden, is he an idiot? No, but the dynamic of this Phillies team was not the right personalities for what he did. Well, doesn't mean Joe Girardi's a fool, just means not good for this team. Doc yeah. Rivers wins a championship in Boston, it doesn't mean he can't coach or is an idiot but maybe the the makeup of the personalities around him are not allowing him to get the best out of the guys he has right now. I think Nick Sirianni has a dynamic where they have found the right players for what Nick does well. You take Nick's staff and put them someplace else,
3: maybe they're not having the same type of success.
8: No, no,
4: anybody anybody would have this success.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by
3: the way, I think that's one of Nick Sirianni's strengths that you mentioned, John. Something that the previous coach, and yeah, I know it's sacrilegious to question him in any way because he delivered the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson never got. Relationships relationships around the league are a good thing. Being able to tap into another source somewhere else, it's a good thing. Doug didn't care. Doug didn't really worry about that.
8: And one of the things I was discussing yesterday is I'm watching even like Dusty Baker, who just wins the World Series. He just got an extension. And I'm thinking you know even in winning we're in this world where we want new all the time like what's the shelf life on even a yeah. successful coach if yeah. they don't win the championship or even you do because we as a society want something new like we want to scroll to the next video as fast as possible even if that video gives us joy and we liked it as soon as we watch it we're done we want to go to the next one and it's like how long can you keep coaching the same way with the same group of players until people find that to be monotonous. Like, I feel like the Sixers are in that boat right now where it's like Tobias Harris again, James, uh, Joel Embiid again, Shake Milton again, Doc Rivers again. And even though they're a good group and they have a chance to win a title, it's just that you're bored of, that group and and like how long does that happen for nick sirianni and this group of eagles right now
4: everybody has a shelf life i mean you know the goal is to get it as long as andy Reid, right or somebody like that obviously bill belichick but everybody has a shelf life um and nick i can tell you all already anytime he says dog mentality i tune out i'm not listening um you know, you, you, when you have the same messaging over and he admits it, you, you know, and that's why he says uh, the veteran leadership of this team is so important. And I would add Jalen Hurts on top of that as a younger veteran, why the leadership is so important because he can say something. But if, if it's coming from Kelsey or BG or Bletch or, or Jalen, it has a different impact and everybody seems to be following along. Uh, but it all meshes together. But one thing, th- this team is so good right now. I- if you want to be really negative, it's all downhill. You can't go. You can't go up from perfect. Well, so you know, Jody, people are going to start questioning. Nine, nine and is better than eight no, and ten well, and what I'm saying, than nine
3: no. So you can still continue to go up, John. No,
4: no, in, in this season, Jody. But I'm saying, you know. Even if you have the perfect season, the first perfect season since the 72 Miami Dolphins, I'm talking about next year. It ain't happening again. And even if it does happen again by the end, the, it's not going to happen continuously on a loop, on a loop, well, on a loop. No, and so, then there's
8: the, the notion of well, is a loss good for your team? If okay, if so, when does that loss occur? That's the right spot for them to learn from the loss or take a little okay, we can't put our foot on. In this sports world that we're in now, you can't play all 162 with pedal to the metal. You can't play all 82 with pedal to the metal. You can't play all 17 with pedal to the metal. Regular seasons have become roller coasters of ebb and flows of when to take your foot off the gas, when to put it back on the gas. So I think that's a dynamic that the Eagles are going to have to start dealing with.
4: All right, I'm gonna throw this at both you guys because I want to hear because Popolo is having an issue with Josh Allen. Evidently he's got a, a sprained elbow. It might be a, a UCL injury.
8: Yeah, he's Bryce Harper. He's DH'ing.
4: Yeah. They might and DH QB. <clears throat> right. They might they might have, you know, people say they have a big game this week because they're playing Minnesota, who's seven and one. No, it's not. For them, it's not a big game compared to speed. It's an interconference, intra, uh, outside of conference game. Um, if you want to lose a game in the NFL, that's the game you want to lose. Um, they they have to think about long term as a potential Super Bowl contender. But that's that's media thinking. That's fan thinking. That's I, not football I, well, thinking. If he's clear, I'll give you he's the clear.
3: football aspect of it, John. There are teams that they're going to be, be able to beat the rest of their uh, season just by going out there and playing. They might not be able to do that with Minnesota tomorrow uh, or on Sunday. And, oh, by the way, if they lose to Minnesota, all of a
4: sudden they're in second place. If no, the Dolphins, I, I, if the Dolphins
3: win this Sunday, they're in second place in their division.
4: But what 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 I'm asking you, I'm not asking you about the strategy. He If he's cleared, he's going to play. That's how football teams think about it. It doesn't matter if the Eagles are going to try to win every game. So what to Mike's point of, um, you know, do you, do you rest players? Do you massage players? Do you try to get them through this, try to get them through that? I've asked Nick Sirianni that seven different ways this Sunday. He says the same thing. If they're clear, they're cleared. There's no, there's no in between. If they're cleared, they're cleared. I think that's band slash media thinking when we say, and that's why I bring up Josh Allen because he's such a high-profile player. Well, should the Bulls consider because the Vikings are? That's no, they're not going to consider. They're not going to say, "Oh, the Vikings are out of conference." They're not going to consider, "Oh, we have an AFC game is more important." If he's cleared, he's cleared. So yeah, the Eagles, from an Eagles if, perspective,
3: if Nick Sirianni Nick said that to me, I'd go time out, Philadelphia. You played the JV against Dallas last year in the last game. They were all cleared. They were all
4: capable no, of they playing. They're they your COVID, best Jody.
3: players. They should be out there on the field.
4: The COVID Stop game. it.
3: Coach. Don't try and say that with a straight face. You have to take the situation into consideration. I'll tell
4: you why I'll tell you why I can say that with a straight face, Jody. Because that was an organizational decision. Read that as if we're up to Nick Siriani. They're cleared. They're clear. That's why I can say with a straight face. Well, and I now, feel
8: like the game against Dallas is obviously a game that win or lose, there was no repercussion in the game as opposed to a week 9, 10, 11 game where that could have impact on your seeding down the line. You know, Philadelphia is going to be in an interesting spot with this whole situation. If by say, let me throw a date out, Christmas Eve when they play Dallas – what if the they're two or three games ahead of Dallas at that point? Then what do you do? Are you cleared, or are you saying, yeah, you know right.
3: what? Is Nick Sirianni clearing, or is Howie Roseman? Clearing?
4: Howie Roseman, who's, and they who's have different the jobs.
3: It's who's cleared.
4: And sometimes you got to protect the coach from himself. And you know, GM has a different job than head coach. He has a different job, um, and that's a different conversation. But I'm just saying that's how Nick Sirianni can say it with a straight face. When Buffalo makes that decision, you know, it'll be up to the doctors. If if, if he's healthy, if he's healthy enough, if he's clear, he's going to play. I, that.
3: I know I'm being a jackhole here, but uh, sorry since you took me down this road. Why do you even ask Nick Sirianni questions? Why don't you just go to the source, Howie Roseman? If he's making the decision on who's cleared and who's not cleared and who's playing who's not playing, why are you asking the coach any questions?
4: uh he's the because, only one available yeah he's the only you know how he doesn't talk every day but i have asked how that type of question and obviously the eagles are big on you always get the collaboration answer oh yeah collaboration then but you get it from other avenues yeah and look how how he's in charge and how and he should be yeah, the,
8: the original conversation that we started this at was about the Eagles being 8-0 and their weaknesses, and I said apparently they haven't been pushed. Uh, are there games on this schedule that they could win that will change anybody's opinion of who they are?
3: Nope. No. no. If it's not Buffalo and Kansas City, I don't think it matters, right. which no. is kind of ludicrous, but that's the way most people look at it at this stage.
4: Yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm at the point where Mike and I said this on your show as well, the Eagles, it's all about the quarterback. It's amazing to me um, because Buffalo is Josh Allen and and Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is better than those two quarterbacks because I do think those two quarterbacks are better than Jalen Hurts. But I think there's this um, narrative that I hear it all the time with Buffalo. Buffalo is more talented than the Eagles. I looked at their team that no, they're not two through 52. No, no, no stinking way. The Eagles have more difference makers than the Bills. Um, same thing with Kansas City, it's it's a blog, and it all stems from the quarterback and people not believing in the quarterback in Philadelphia, which is you now I don't know how you change that,
8: right? And well, to put it in perspective for the people who are you know, not you know, right now, Aaron Rodgers is better than Jalen Hurts is, but. That team's just not very good. It's it's very dependent on the quarterback, but it's not all dependent on the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are not a good football team. The defending Super Bowl champions, Matthew Stafford, they're not a good football team. They stink. Uh, I don't know what Tampa Bay is. I don't think they're very good at this point. Of those three, they probably can turn it around. The San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo is not great, but I asked people yesterday, give me a team in this league that is a good team, that you would be impressed. And everybody's saying 49ers. Well, their quarterback's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not all that great either. So I think the people who are saying, well, I don't believe in the Eagles because of the quarterback, well, there's a lot of teams in this league that the quarterback's not the reason why they're in the position they're at. Or there's better quarterbacks than Hertz whose teams are lesser than the Eagles are right now. So take that for what you will and how yeah. what you
4: believe or don't well, believe. Well, it, certain- it, 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 Jody knows, I mean, if you, I, I would be in that category with San Francisco. I, I think that team is tremendously talented in the Same. AFC. I think Tennessee is tremendously talented. I think people don't realize because of the quarterback situation of how good that team is. Um, And on a given day, given game, and that's the game I'm looking forward to. They're a better version of
8: the Giants, Tennessee.
4: Yeah. December 4th, I believe, is when they come here. That is the game that is interesting to me. I want to see how that game unfolds. And you
3: better hope that Jordan Davis is back by that game because Derrick Henry could come in here and go for a buck 75, which would put the Eagles in a tough spot. All right. uh, We haven't mentioned uh, once. The commanders of Washington coming to town with D.L. Heineke (laughs) on Monday night. Level of fear, Mike Gill. Are you laughing when I use the word fear to describe your emotion between the Eagles and commanders? Uh, Do you give them the slightest bit of respect? Are you actually a little bit nervous? How do you see the commanders and the Eagles matching up?
8: Yeah, I mean, anytime – I feel like the Commanders are always a pain in the ass. You know, like it's a team that in the division, you know, there's this Eagles-Cowboys, Eagles-Giants. The Commanders are always the the third of the group, but they always seem to be a pain. Uh, maybe not in the recent past, but yeah, this team's, you know, played a lot better other t- uh, uh, under Taylor Heineke. Um, their defense has been their calling card. Over the last couple of years, we thought they were really, you know, there was a time when I said, man, this defense in this division is going to be a pain for the next couple of years. It hasn't gotten to that level, but they've got some really, really talented players on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, Their offense always seems to have, you know, a couple of guys that give you some problems that are those kind of scat guys. You know, they got Gibson who always seems to be a problem.
4: Curtis Samuel.
8: Samuel, you know, these slot guys that are a problem. Do I? Th- this could be now. The game's in Philly. That changes the dynamic. I was gonna say this could be kind of your Bills Jets. And I don't think the Commanders are as good as the Jets, but they've got some talent on that defensive side of the ball, much like the Jets do. The Jets are very good on defense. They're limited at quarterback. The Jets are. That kid stinks, by the way, Jody. He's not the. He's not the guy. Wilson stinks.
3: But. <laughs> I I would not go stinks, but surely not meritorious of the number two pick in the draft. That's for damn sure.
8: Correct. Well, see, that's the thing. He could be good, but because he was the number two pick in the draft, he will never get credit for being as good as possibly that he is. Correct. For the team. But, yeah, I, I, I think the commanders are, um, you know, they last week played a Vikings team, which that's another interesting story. They're 7-1. and one. The Eagles beat them, but yet the Eagles haven't beaten anybody. Well, I don't believe in the Vikings. I actually had someone tell me, yesterday that the eagles beat the vikings but you shouldn't be impressed because kirk cousins was playing at night and that's why <laughs> that win didn't mean anything
0: yeah so that that's is- what we
4: are
8: but the the commander should have won that game against a tough vikings team yes uh, last week so do i think the eagles are in trouble yeah because of the bills that's you, can
0: stub your that's toe
8: you could stub your toe at any time especially in a division
4: against a team that can play defense. Yeah. At Mike Gill show ESPN 97, three South Jersey uh, two to six uh, drive time every day. You'll hear me on Mike's show later in the day. A little reciprocation Jody McDonald. Um, I'll leave it there with you. That defensive front in Washington. I think people do not realize well, you and I've been talking because I used to cover the Vikings. Everybody knows that back years ago. They've had a bad offensive line for years and years and years. Yep. No longer. They got a good offensive line. I Christian saw might be the best left tackle in football. That's how much he's developed. Uh Ezra Cleveland, uh Brian O'Neill's one of the best right tackles. Um, uh, Garrett Pradbury's finally playing like a first round pick at center. It took him a long time. All of a sudden, their offensive line is good. Yeah. And Washington beat the you-know-what out of that very good, not Darisaw, but everybody else. Um, it is good, that offensive line, which uh, my roundabout point is that Washington defensive line is legit. Very Nick good. Sirianni talked about it during the first game. He couldn't stop talking about how good they were. And, oh, by the way, Chase Young's going to be back. Any worry about that Washington front?
8: No. Uh, yes. Big time. And, you know, I have said over the years, you know, we're so enamored in this fantasy football world. Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. Now they have Hawkinson. I never believed in that team because their line has been a complete disaster. That team's offensive line is solid now. It's not the best but they are not losing games now because they can't block. That's why they're 7 and 1. They would lose some of these games before because why? Cousins gets sacked, he throws a yeah. big pick. He's now not getting that sack and he's getting the ball to playmakers and that's why that team is better. But yes, you have the, the one area is their offensive their defensive front is very good. Now, this is that mano-a-mano mono matchup. That's the strength of your team is the offensive line against them. So, this is a good test and that's why I think my lot has had some rough goes at it here. The yeah, last He's not of healthy.
4: Weeks. People don't realize he's not healthy.
8: So, is there a game or a play where it's close and and there's a sack fumble, something stupid like that happens? So yeah, the fact that they have the ability to get pressure on you always makes the game a somewhat concern.
3: All right, last thing for me, Mike, and you mentioned Christmas Eve and the possibility that the Eagles may be up by enough then that they don't have to sweat once again coach slash howie roseman will dictate that the eagles play backup players all over the line we'll see if we get there will and i'm judging this by the fact that yesterday jerry jones walked down the middle of the road which he almost never does about odell beckham jr he didn't dismiss He didn't say something that made you believe it's going to happen. He walked right down that fine line road, which is not Jerry's repertoire. That tells me they're onto something. When Odell Beckham, not if, when Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Cowboys, is that something that will hurt the Eagles, help the Eagles? Because Jerry's been known to sign guys just because of their name and they don't necessarily get the job done. What would you think about OBJ to the Cowboys for the last quarter of the season?
8: I don't know that that makes a huge difference for me, honestly. I think Odell is now more of in that in a role player spot where you know, yeah, he he's a. I was never a big Odell guy. He made that one handed catch, and we all went nuts. He had a great couple seasons in New York, but really, since he's left the Giants, he has not been an impactful player.
3: Super Bowl last year, he did no, but he
8: had more of a role on that team more so than being the guy on that team. So I think he slides into the the Cowboys and becomes a, a role player. I think the Eagles are equipped to handle that portion. I mean, their secondary is very good. Um, and I don't think Odell Beckham is this number 1A game-breaking wide receiver anymore. So while I think he would add to their regular season ability – My big problem with the Cowboys, and you add him, I think that helps them out. I don't think it's huge for them. My bigger problem for them is most likely they're going to be a wild card team and have to play on the road. Can their defense stop the run three straight weeks on the road? They're a smaller defense up front. I know they trade it for Hankinson, but I just wonder if that defense will wear down after playing on the road for a couple straight weeks. Come playoff time. Look, they gave up twenty six points. People forget to the Eagles. Oh, they had Cooper Rush. You know, your defense had a chance to keep you in that game with a with a lesser quarterback and they couldn't do it. That's what you're gonna get come playoff time, Dallas fans. Is can they go up against a good team for for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com
0: or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
8: Three straight weeks and stop a team that can run on you. So I I think adding a guy like uh, Odell, eh, it might help them a little bit. But it, it's going to come down, can their defense get stops?
3: I I think your general read on Beckham is is on point. The only reason why it would scare me a little bit is, oh, that's a legit need.
4: That's not like adding yeah, to already already. That's good... what I would say. He's better than what they have, so. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's not what he wants. Their wide receiver
3: spot is not uh, straight on his team.
8: Well, they played for a lot of this year without Gallup. I mean, he's coming back from the injury. You know, let's see where he is a couple weeks from now. Yeah, adding another receiver to that mix, it's definitely something that they should be taking a look at. There's no question about it. I just don't think he's that game-breaking guy that scares you anymore. You know, no. he's more of and a robot. nobody
4: knows how he's going to look coming off an ACL tear either. So, right, you gotta, you gotta see how healthy he is and, and, where he is. and by the way, Gallup's been back for five games now, and he
3: doesn't have 150 yards catching just yet. So, coming true. off
4: an ACL tear, not the same guy, true. Odell's doing the same thing. So, the assumption is just going to show up and be OBJ from New York. It's Does, probably a bad assumption.
3: Doesn't necessarily work that way. Agreed. All right, Mike Gill, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks much. We will talk to you again next Wednesday. All right, guys. See you. Thanks, Mike, Mike Gill. The Sports Bash, ninety-seven point three, ESPN down the shore. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. Mark Farzetta. we haven't had Forge on the last time Fargi was on. I was uh, absent. Shame on me. Uh, so I haven't talked to Fargi in a dog's age. Johnny Mac has a couple of uh, wait a minute, month every and a half week. Ago.
4: Every week on the Jacob Media pregame show, Mark Barzetta got gotcha. Johnny
3: Mac. So you get a chance. I haven't talked to Farsi in forever. Looking forward to it. Uh coming back here on uh, the Bridge 365. I, I do want to get and I know we're Eagle centric, but I there's one national story, and I'll tie it into the Eagles with the quarterback position of the Indianapolis Colts. Man, are the Colts getting killed for their hiring of Jeff Saturday. And I I should be while, no
4: surprise. Should be. No while
3: surprise. I like outside the box thinking, and I know this goes way, way, way outside the box, it isn't the biggest affront to the National Football League the way some no. guys are painting it. No, it really is. Now, now, now they're pushing me to the point of actually maybe having to root for the cults.
4: And now, well, no, right? I'm not. I I hear what you're saying. I think a lot of people don't understand. Like I, there's this, and and rightfully so, and we'll talk about it after the break. But obviously, lack of minority hirings, everybody wants to go in that direction. Wh- whoever your favorite minority candidate is, Eric Enemy's not leaving the Chiefs in season. Brian Flores isn't leaving the Steelers in season. Right. This is an interim coach. Um, yeah. It's not that big of a deal.
3: It is. Uh, people are wh- massively overreacting to this. We'll give you our reaction when we come back, Mac and MacBirds 365.
9: Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth, born into a brotherhood, and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
6: And Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D. Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
5: My
7: wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough.
0: Pond Lee Hockey. Tell us your story.
6: The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News.
5: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
3: Matt, guys here on 365 john mcmahon and jody mcdonald hanging with johnny wednesday an undefeated wednesday the 401st i did not mention this yesterday oh 400. man yes wow, oh four hundred under our belt we are now at 401 johnny Mac, uh so nice congrats nice. on that um and Mark Farzad is going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. The Farzi show and uh, Jacob's uh, Jacob Media Eagles pregame show. Uh, the, the whole hiring of uh, Jeff Saturday. I really have been surprised by NFL Network, ESPN, blah, 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 a lot of national guys, national writers and the like that somehow uh, the owner of the Colts has besmirched the National Football League. That it is beyond comprehension that he could hire someone who is an all time organizational great, who is a well respected ESPN uh, analyst, but because he's never had a whistle around his neck and never actually run a practice. He cannot be given the responsibility of being a head coach in the National Football League, that they are turning up their nose and disrespecting all the other hardworking coaches that have put in time and effort in the National Football League. Uh, Even if you look at the Indianapolis Colts staff, which it's an okay staff. I saw all the guys that are on it. But no one jumped out at me as like, oh, my God. Well, of course, he's a choice. Gus Bradley's
4: there. Gus Bradley, John Fox, I think, is there. Um. Yeah, I. Well, I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, Jody. The, the only thing I will say, I'm surprised you're surprised because I knew this was coming. I mean, I knew this was coming. Um, not to the level that that it's come, John. Uh, ideologues are ideologues, man. They they take advantage of situations, and 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 they, you know, they're gonna when the GPS is already programmed, you're going to get there. You're going to get there no matter what happens. You're going to get there. Uh, And there's certain people with with the GPS already programmed, and they're going to get there no matter what happens. Now, if you want to criticize uh, uh, Jim Irsay for being a nut job, uh, (laughs) for doing things out of the box, now, I'll agree with that. Uh, It's unconventional. Uh, I'll agree with that. But, you know, to not understand the rules of the situation – uh, to not realize that certain uh, minority coaches couldn't come, uh, even if the, Jim Irsay wanted to consider them at this time of year. That's not how the league works. That's not how the league does business. So should, if you want to go down that route, you should at least focus on the minority people on the staff in in Indy. Right. Uh, that's who you should focus on, number one, if that's the way you want to go. At least you have uh, – more of a standing uh but as far as you know and I brought this up with Josh McCown in Houston as well I kind of respect the courage of your convictions now on the other hand it 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 could be that Jim Irsay you know who knows he might have talked to Gus Bradley for instance and said and Gus doesn't want those eight locked Gus wants to be a head coach again someday you really want eight losses on your resume because you got to play Sam Ellinger. Uh, that's not going to make you look good. Maybe he doesn't want it. Maybe uh, 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 other play, other coaches on that staff, maybe they didn't want it. Maybe Jeff Saturday's doing a, doing them a solid uh, going in and taking the bullets. Cause that team's going to be really bad if they continue to go down the route they're going down. Um, there's a whole host of things. But as far as the, the, the criticism, oh, yeah, I knew that was coming. I know because, look, people are disingenuous. I mean, it's just we just went through Election Day. My PSA to everybody who's an ideologue, either side, my PSA was your candidate sucks, too. Doesn't matter. Look in the mirror. Your candidate sucks, too. Your life is the same today as it was yesterday. But well, ideologues well, are ideologues. We'll only,
3: we'll only know that over time. But um, here's, again, I apologize if I'm repeating myself. If you want to second guess the hire, you've got every right. I understand you're hiring a guy who's never been a coach before. But the the level that they took... To the disrespect he's showing every other coach on the face of the planet. Because if you reach out for anyone else outside the organization, they're not available. Like John said, you, you think the Pittsburgh still just yeah. going to go, all right, yeah, here, take Flores in the middle of our season. They, take yeah. an important member of our coaching staff yeah. go ahead and have them. And yeah. they, they just completely disregard that. And the whole you can only coach if you've coached before mantra. It's ridiculous. Well,
4: and one of the things that if- I – when I used to cover the NBA, I used to bring it up all the time. Derek Fisher, I believe, is the first who went directly from the court to being a head coach. And there was a lot of the same stuff in the NBA. Not as much, but a, a lot of the same stuff. Like, how could you do that? How could you hire somebody with no experience? And I'm like, the 22 years he played the game wasn't experience? No experience? I mean – I even got that with Doug Peterson, who spent years as an assistant coach. Um, and, you know, he went straight from high school to, to whatever job Andy Reid gave him originally. I forget at this point. Um, and people were saying, well, how could that be? Like the 14 years he spent behind Brett Favre and Dan Marino didn't help uh, didn't help him out. Uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, when Peyton Manning was playing, I – and God bless Tom Moore. He's one of my favorite people in this league. Um, you know, get the hell out of the way. I think the ego is the problem with coaching. If you're lucky enough to get a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, and this was my this has always been my biggest criticism of Chip Kelly. He didn't want that type of quarterback. Like, he just wanted somebody to do what he told him to do. I think that's bad. If you're lucky enough to get a a, a Peyton Manning – Get the hell out of the way. So if I'm saying that, and because Peyton's name was brought up a little bit, Peyton Manning can't coach in the NFL? Maybe he can't because maybe he can't manage personalities. There's other things to do with it. But as far as scheme, what everybody thinks is so important, there's nobody who knows more about offensive football than Peyton Manning. In this era.
3: Let let me ask you a question. Thank you for helping me make my point. If the announcement had come down that Peyton Manning was the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts, do you think it would have been near as critiqued or criticized or lambasted the way Jeff Saturday was? Because you know what those two guys have in common? In addition to being former teammates, neither one of them has a day of coaching experience on any kind of high level. But if we were Peyton Manning – Because he's a quarterback, because he's a popular guy. Oh, they would have been. Oh, that's outside the box thinking. I don't think any of those ideologues that you referenced would be going quite as harshly after Ursay if he hired Peyton Manning. But it would be uh, basically the same exact type of hire.
4: I do think it would have been less, but I think there's would have been still significant because there would have been less because people can at least see same thing with Josh McCown as a quarterback you you know in a lot of ways Josh McCown is probably more equipped even than Peyton Manning because he played 17 years in so many different offenses you know and he wasn't a good player (laughs) he was just learning offense after offense after offense from a schematic standpoint um and there was plenty of Uh, criticism with Josh McCown and so much so that Houston had to back off. Um, I think there would have been a lot of criticism, but not as much with Peyton Manning over Jeff Saturday. Uh, But yeah, it's ironic because their teammates, that viral video, that's one of my favorite videos. I don't know if you saw it, but with Peyton Manning uh, arguing with Jeff Saturday on the uh, sidelines, it's a kind of a famous clip and everybody was putting it up there and uh, you know, Saturday is saying, we got to run the ball. It's <laughs> like, just, just, we're going to run the ball. Just block. If I call a pass, just block. It's a great viral clip. But, uh, and no Tom Moore to be seen because guess what? He was smart enough to get the hell out of the way. Agree on all fronts on that one. But uh, I'm telling you, John,
3: I'm tempted. Now, I'm, when it comes up next week, yeah, I'm not going to root for the Colts over the Eagles. But this week, I'm absolutely re- rooting for the Colts because of the 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 BS uh, questioning of the hire by Mr. Ursay. And, oh, by the way, here's how I want the game to go. And who did it play this week? I don't have the the schedule in front of me. You know, off the top of your head, who the Colts play? Oh, Raiders, because Jeff Saturday just said on ESPN, oh, and the Raiders are terrible. Now he's got a coach against them this week, which is kind of ironic. Um I hope hey, they... real
4: quick, because I want to get Tone our producer. He he typed in, Are we equating coaching to playing? I'm not equating coaching to playing when I talk about people like Derek Fisher, but I think it's silly to not look at experience playing the game as valuable to becoming a potential coach. Now, did Derek Fisher have to go coach in high school and then college and then get to the pros or is that the way it has to be done in the NFL? That's the way it has to be done because people have always said that's the way it has to be done. If you are, as Nick Sirianni says, if you have a high football IQ and you can connect with people, why the hell can't you coach? Right, I, uh, I agree. Here's
3: the way I'm hoping the Colts game goes uh, Saturday. They beat the Raiders. because their defense comes up big and they get a win so they're actually kind of hanging in that division and are going to be motivated to get the win the week after uh the uh, uh good old uh sam ellinger throws for 98 yards just under 100 rather than just over 100 and here comes Nicky Six the week after against the Eagles. You're obsessed the with this Nick Bowles. Nick man. Foles gonna be starting against Oh, you know why I want it, John. Because oh, of, yeah. of the Folesian in society yeah. who put him on a pedestal. And I know he's got his own pedestal down at the stadium. Yes, I know the statue that you're referring to, but the Eagles moved on when they should have moved on. He is what he is. He's a great off the bench quarterback. He's not a guy you're handing the franchise over to for the next five years. Um, I, I I do. Yeah. I'm I'm rooting for the narrative of Nick Foles against the Eagles. Yeah. I, and,
4: I, I, I don't think the Colts want to win. So I think they're firmly entrenched with Sam Ellinger as the quarterback.
3: Sorry, are you telling me the new, and who'd they hire to be the play caller?
4: Oh, uh good question. I forget his name already. Um right. yeah. Uh yeah, I don't think they want to so win. This the week
3: this week, uh up eleven, what I say the score is gonna be up eleven to six, fourth yeah. and four from the their their own thirteen yard line, they're gonna go for it because they don't wanna win the game. Well How?
4: the Raiders, you know, they're doing everything they can. They, they, they're, they're trying to win, but they're they're figuring out ways to lose every week. How so.
3: far are the Colts willing to go to try and lose is my question to you since you're suggesting hey, they are not going to win.
4: They already Park, – Parks Frazier, by the way, is the coach's name. Parks uh,
3: Frazier, third and uh, – fourth and four from his own 13. Yeah, He's calling Parks a quarterback Frazier. draw. That's a good
4: name, by the way, Parks Frazier. But Jim Irsay's already done this before. He was the suck for luck. This was, you know – They've tanked. I, I assumed 24 hours after they fired Frank Reich, they would hire Sam Hankey as their GM. But uh, Chris Ballard remains in, in position. But they're clearly tanking. And they got some work to do because there's a lot of teams ahead of them in those standings, the tanking standings. Um, I, I say
3: they do a 180, and here comes Nick Foles next week against the Eagles. Watch out. All right, Mark Farzad is in the green room. He's ready to join us from the Farzad show and the uh, Jacob Sports uh, Eagle pregame show. Mark Farzetta is next here on Birds 365.
6: <laughs> it's a fall car fest. And Jeff D. Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D. Destination Downingtown. Town. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
5: Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean.
7: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
0: Go (laughs) first!
5: At Salus University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at Salus.edu.
3: Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. That would be McMullen and McDonald. And we are joined by Mark. Mac, Mac and Mark. Or Mark, Mac and Mac. Whatever you want to put it together. We appreciate him jumping in with us. Mark Farzetta here on Birds 365 farzi i do like your studio i gotta give Aww. it a yeah. God you.
2: we love our yeah. ocean drop back but your studio is pretty cool <laughs> i'm actually yeah. in my kitchen my wife hates this but it's okay no
4: uh yeah no it's a fake
2: brick we imagine maybe it was some fake brick can do we it. used
4: Nobody's to have enough. fake brick way back at the start of the show jody we had the fake best before, in the before
3: we went down the ocean we had fake brick yeah,
4: we had fake brick <laughs> whatever um, pays the bills Exactly. The Barzy <laughs> Show. So you see it right there. So make sure to listen uh to, to Mark there every uh Monday through Friday. But here we're lucky enough to have him on birds 365. You know, I, I talk about this a lot with Jody, and I want to get your thoughts because you've been doing this for a long time and you know Philadelphia fans better than most, Mark. <laughs> it, Philadelphia has this underdog mentality we know that they they that the eagles are no longer underdogs why can't people admit that to themselves (laughs) they're going to be favorite unless something drastic happens in every game for the rest of this season they are the best team in football why is everybody scared of that other shoe dropping Mark Barzetta.
2: I I don't know and it drives me crazy when I hear a lot of the national interviews talk about in a roundabout way like after they they beat the uh after they beat the Texans on Thursday night there's Tony Gonzalez asking him on prime in a roundabout way. So what do you guys think you're going to lose? Like basically every national media outlet is now starting to well, yeah, they're they're doing well, but when do you think they lose? So immediately they go to the negative, which is just astonishing to me. I, I know it makes for, I guess, a good conversation, but the Eagles in their minds are—it's weird. The Eagles aren't eight and O in their mind, which is what I think helps play into that underdog mentality that they still try to possess. They're one and O every week. Like right now, they're sitting at O and O. They want to go one and O coming up Monday night against the Washington Commanders. And I know that that sounds like it's almost cliche or coach speak or whatever, but this Eagles team from even right before when the season started, Jason Kelsey laid out the blueprint of, hey, look, I don't want to get comfortable. The coach shouldn't be comfortable. None of us should be comfortable. The minute we're comfortable is the minute when we start making mistakes. So he wants to look at every win they have throughout the course of the season as if it was a loss and look at all the things that they didn't do right. And what has become the mantra of this team is the pursuit of perfection. And that's not in terms of a perfect record. That's in terms of playing the perfect game. And as we all know, because you guys have certainly been watching this stuff and covering this stuff for a long time as well, man, when it comes to sports, you never play that perfect game. So I think it's a brilliant thing from Jason Kelsey, the team leaders, Nick Sirianni, and even Jonathan Gannon, to really preach that pursuit of perfection when it comes to finding that perfect game in their 17-game schedule.
3: All right, I'll 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 half answer John's question with my next question. And I'm going to get myself in trouble here because I'm going to question a guy who can't be questioned in this town. If you'll remember at the beginning of the season, the Hall of Fame center of the Philadelphia Eagles did go off on a bit of a rant when he said, yeah, all you guys are talking us up. We only do well when you guys say we're going to stink. Oh, yeah. And you guys meaning the media and the fans. Well, yeah, some of us picked the Eagles to win, uh, go to the Super Bowl. Did like this team coming into the season and said they were going to be very good. And Jason Kelsey didn't want to hear it from me or anybody else who was saying the Eagles were going to be real good. How are the Eagles this good, John uh, Mark? Because they can't do well when the media and/or the fans think they're going to do well.
2: <laughs> well, I think it's a very simple answer as to why they're doing well, and it's it comes down to the two biggest questions that they had going into the season. All the pressure. For both sides of the football, on offense, it was obviously on Jalen Hurts. On defense, it was on Jonathan Gannon. And you look at the way those two guys have responded to the adversity they face in the offseason. Of, Is Jonathan Gannon the right defense coordinator for this team? Is he aggressive enough or whatever? Howie Roseman in the Eagles front office said, hey, guess what, John? We're going to give you the pieces and let's see how you do. They've only responded by being one of the best defenses statistically in the entire NFL this season. So I'd say that's a pretty nice jump from year one to year two for Jonathan Gannon year two of Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback is one of the greatest leaps we have ever seen of any athlete ever in the city of Philadelphia from year one as a starter to year two as a starter one of the greatest leaps ever you're talking about right now I believe the front runner for the MVP award in the NFL so going into the offseason it was is Jonathan Gannon really the right guy for the DC job is Jalen Hurts really the franchise quarterback going forward And as of right now, I think Jalen Hurts has risen to the occasion and without question will be offered some sort of very lucrative deal, I think, before even (laughs) the season lets out. And then Jonathan Gannon, of course, will get the offers for head coaching positions around the NFL.
4: Yeah. By rule, they have to wait till after the season when it comes to an extension. But, you know. We're talking Kyler Murray. That's yes. you know that's yeah. where I start and say, okay, I need at least a dollar more than Kyler Murray. <laughs> oh, it it's be more than yeah. a dollar more, Johnny. Murray. I can yeah. tell you that right now. That's where it starts. That's what I'm saying. That's where <laughs> it starts. But you know, you bring up Jalen Mark because it was interesting, and I'm surprised. I don't know if you saw Dan Orlovsky uh, yesterday mention anybody could be doing this. Justin Fields could be eight. No with what the Eagles have on offense and with this coaching staff. The perfect situation for an NFL quarterback. I still get these seeping little, not all over. I don't want to blame everybody, but there's still a lot of people that don't believe in Jalen Hurts. This organization has been around since 1933. Nobody has ever played quarterback in one 11 consecutive regular season games. Well, it's, it's time to believe, isn't it? Uh, well, Jalen hurts.
2: I, I think there, I mean, the, the answer I think lies in a very famous, very overused word right now. And that is hater, hater. If you don't acknowledge the fact that Jalen Hurts is a, is a front runner right now for the MVP award, at least in the top two or three at worst in the NFL, if you don't acknowledge the huge leap forward he has taken this year, you are a hater. Perfect record. Oh, who have they played? Well, they gave the team that only has one loss in the NFL, their only loss. Uh, The Bills just lost to the Jets, and I know everyone's talking about what a sweet surprise the Jets are. They've lost their their number one running back, who's having a great year to this point in uh, Brees Hall, and they played without him last week against the Bills. The Bills still lost that game. Uh, I think you're just a hater if you don't acknowledge how much Jalen Hurts has improved and how great he has been just by any standard this year. You're talking about a guy who can't throw the football. He's the second-rated passer in the NFL right now with his 107-plus passer rating. Only two has a higher passer rating than him right now. You look at what he's been able to do in his ground game. He has been very good on the ground still. He has, I think, picked his spots to run a lot more admirably and not more knowledgeably this season. And I have seen him throw. The biggest thing for me with Jalen Hurts is when I see him throw that slant route or when I see him throw to either A.J. Brown or Dallas Goddard across the middle of the field, and that is on point every time it shows when someone goes into the off season that it is possible that they put in the effort they put in the time they put into work they talk to the right people and when they come back they can actually be very very good and very much improved and that's what jalen hurts has done this year every facet of the game he's improved upon and if you don't acknowledge it you're just a big old hater when it comes to jalen hurts
3: I, i like your stance um I mentioned this on uh, Birds 365 on Monday, just uh, came across this stat. Um, Eagles have played eight games, do the math. That's 480 minutes of football so far this year, 240 of which have been played in the second half of games. <laughs> Mr. Farzetta, how many <laughs> minutes in those 240 minutes have the Eagles actually trailed? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, in the, se- uh, in the second half, I believe zero. That would be zero.
0: Yeah. They have
3: not trailed at all in the second half of a football game in their 8 no start. Mm. So if you want to question it, and yes, it's a reach to do so, it is it a good thing if they actually are losing a game in the second half? It's kind of like the conversation we're having of, oh, it's good to lose a game. Get that loss out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, get the monkey off your back, the pressure of it. Yeah. No, you play to win every single game. And you should play to be ahead every single game in the second half of every single game. But there is something to be earned and gleaned from dealing with something you haven't had to deal with yet.
2: There's no chance they're trailing in the second half against the Commanders this Sunday, is there? No, no, I I, I don't think so. But uh, I will say this. Admittedly, one of my favorite things to do in life, and this might just show you how sad my life can be, one of my favorite <laughs> things to do in life is on uh, the pregame show or whenever I've been on and shared a microphone with Seth Joyner is to get him to crack a smile at certain blitz. points. Blitz. And blitz, 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 blitz. But I, I made the point last week about how the Eagles are in a situation where – When they finally got down by two touchdowns against the Jaguars, we were all like, oh, good, they're trailing. You know what I mean? And I made that point and Seth started cracking up. And it was – I mean, it's true to a point because I still thought they were going to win that game, but it was like, okay, good. Now they're going to cross off the idea of them, they have to come back in a game, and they did that. But what's really interesting about that stat, Jody, I didn't even think about it, is that they haven't scored in the second half up until recently. I mean, you go in the last week's game and they had scored, what, 70% of their points in the second quarter. So they were barely scoring in the second half, and for them to still not trail in the second half is is astonishing to me. That's a great stat, and I don't believe so much in the idea of getting a loss out of the way, because I think this Eagles team is a perfect example of it. They're not play, and the reason I don't think they want to hear about the record isn't because like Jalen Hurts talked about being what two and four, two and five last year. I don't. No one wanted to talk about the record then, so why are we talking about it now? I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think it more so has the idea of playing the right mind game because the minute you start thinking about eight and oh or nine and oh or a streak of any kind the minute you start recognizing it for being bigger than what it actually is that's when you get into trouble and i think the eagles do a great job again with their coaching staff with their leaders on this team i think they will they do a great job of boiling it down to its simplest form which is we got one game this week all we gotta do is win one game this week that's it we gotta improve from oh and oh
4: to one and oh and that's the way they've looked at it all year and it's kind of amazing that everybody's bought into it. But you know how I look at it, Mark is everybody makes the boxing analogy, right? You got to have that fifteen round fight. They don't even fight fifteen rounds anymore. But you got to be in, you got to be in that uh, hard, and, and you got to prove yourself. Isn't it better to be Mike Tyson in his prime and just beat the crap out of people in the first forty seconds and be dead? Yes, you're not getting paid by the hour. Yeah. What do I care? How I win. Yeah. What do I care? I don't got to go 15 rounds with these teams. Mm-hmm. I I don't get the mentality of oh you got to prove yourself in this atmosphere. I mean I get that you're probably going to be in that game somewhere along the line, but it shouldn't be a goal of anyone. It should <laughs> yeah. be the goal to get in there and Mike Tyson people. Let's yeah let's let's suck for a
2: while and then all of a yeah. sudden let's let's win it in the end just to show people we can do it. No, I think, again, it comes down to its simplest form, and it's just win, baby. It's as simple as that, just win. How are the Eagles going to have an undefeated season if they do? Well, they just win. How are they going to beat the commander? Well, they're just going to win. as simple as that. I mean, I I remember watching the 08 Phillies team and just thinking, wow, this team, they have one stud pitcher, and all of a sudden they're winning the World Series? What? How's that even happen? You know how? They just won. They found a way to win, and that's why after they beat the Cardinals, which a lot of people looked at and said, Oh man, they were lucky to escape that game. With Okay, fine. I'll be
4: lucky. I'll be lucky
2: and I'll
3: now try to don't be Don't use good. that
4: word. Don't use luck. <laughs> we got to talk about that. But okay. Organizations
3: you know, okay. don't like the use of that word. You can't okay. use that
2: far. As you can. All right. Well, how about this? They create their own good fortune. How yes. about that? All right. There and they better. capitalize on their opportunities for that. That's like there McMullen's go. randomness. Same <laughs> frigging thing. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. But they take advantage. The opportunity presents itself and they take advantage of situations that present themselves and that they create on their own as well. But like that Cardinals game, for instance, they found a way to win. Good teams find ways to win. Bad teams obviously find ways to lose. The Eagles have done a hell of a job finding ways to win.
3: All right. Hypothetical for both you guys. Um, we get to uh, New Year's Day, and the Philadelphia Eagles are 15-0. and 0. They've just taken care of the Dallas Cowboys the week before on Christmas Eve. And they're playing the New Orleans Saints, Mm. which they have added incentive to try and stick a loss on at the end of the season. But they have already wrapped up home field advantage throughout the playoffs. No one can catch them in division, in conference, 15 and 0. (laughs) Nobody's even close. Do we get the JV again this year like we did last year? In the last week of the season against the Dallas Cowboys, since John told me earlier in the show howie Roseman dictates this, not the actual coaching staff deciding what players play, the organization decides what will be the organizational decision that day about who plays against New Orleans.
4: I'm yep. shutting them down. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't care about going seventeen. Are, are we
3: going Gardner Minshew or Ian Book? How how low? Oh, We're going Gardner. limbo here. How Gardner. low
4: can you go? I I would go Gardner. Yeah, Gardner's mm. gonna Gardner's gonna play. But yeah, I mean the goal is the Super Bowl. The goal is not seventeen and zero. I mean this team has been very cognizant of health and safety and keeping the players ready. So why would you change to um, chase a regular season mythical standard? Basically, mm. that's how I would look at it, Mark. It's hard to argue against it, John.
2: It's a, it's a fine point. And uh, I, I agree with a lot of your points. But if you have the chance to be the greatest football team ever in the history of football teams, I am going after it. If I'm the Eagles, I hey, look, maybe they don't play the whole game. Maybe you play them a half and you just keep them warm, keep them fresh, you know, keep them warm, keep them ready to go and all that stuff. Then you know you go for the you go for the
4: extra victories there. And, you try and, to be and the perfect. By the team. way, Mark, I believe Nick Sirianni would take that path. But okay. sometimes I think you got to save somebody from themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know. Right.
3: Let, let me take yeah. it. Let me take it a step further. On your line of thinking, Farsi, if you're going to use them some, mm-hmm. not all, but yes. some. Yeah. Do you start them? Yes. Or do you bring him in off the bench? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I start him. You you might be able to put Gardner Mincher out there and wear the game. The Saints are pretty bad.
0: Mm, You might be able
3: to play your JV and still win the game with the JV. (laughs) But do you start the JV in and go – uh, we oh shoot, first time we're losing in the second half, get yeah. in there, Jalen.
2: <laughs> I see your point, and I understand the logic behind it. The way of thinking, but no, I if you're my starter, you're my starter, you're going out there and you're yeah. starting. And I at least try to establish the tone, establish a nice lead by you know, maybe you do it at the end of the first quarter because, like you said, the Saints are pretty terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I still go for it, I go for it all. And it's not just going for an undefeated season again, it's going especially in an expanded season the greatest football season and being the greatest football team
4: ever. You have a chance to do that. I say, go for it. Yeah. Uh, That is way out of the box, Jody, bringing in people to be closers. I mean, Jalen Hurts the
3: the, the closer. You uh, don't talking about the haters and Jalen Hurts. You can wipe some of those haters out. Think think about it. You know, something that nobody ever does.
4: (laughs) You got to think about perception. Now, what a, Jalen Hurts doesn't start, you put him in in the second half and then he gets hurt. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That would yeah, be wrong, a, wrong a disaster. Night, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe you would do what Mark said uh, or, or you know, start players and try to do the Mike Tyson and try to blow somebody out and then pull everybody. Um, but, yeah, any other way. And I, I don't think it's important. And, and that's where it comes into – which I think is a media more driven narrative, fan driven narrative where you say you got to get that loss out of the way. This is the reason people say that you got to get the loss out of the way. So these questions don't pop up and say, you know, why are you wasting your time trying to win a meaningless game in week 17, week 18 um, when you have bigger fish to fry? Yeah. I don't understand why a coach when teams have done
2: really well in any sport, I don't understand why a coach just hasn't had a meeting and say, look, guys, whenever we get asked about a record or whenever we get asked about, like, even if it's Aaron Judge hitting home runs, whatever. Hey, every time we get asked about it, here's the stock answer. Everyone, and we would hate it as media people. Yeah. But, hey, here's three sentences. And it's like the the scene in Bull am Like, good Lord willing, things will yeah. work out. I'm just here to help the ball club. Like, write those down. And everyone say the same thing. That way, the question doesn't even... You it gets said and you just say we respond like this, like a Manchurian candidate, and you just move on from the question like that to block nice. all the outside. I like noise. the
4: reference. I you like that.
2: The, I love it. Yes, love it. John McMullen is the kindest, warmest gentleman I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> oh,
3: now now we know you're lying. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh far as I've been asking this some guys on the show all week, so I gotta put it to you too. It's <laughs> kind of moving away from eight <clears throat> note. Howie Roseman might be doing some work this week. He did it last week, got the Eagles an extra pass rusher, didn't do anything right at the deadline. The deal wasn't out there to be had, so he didn't uh, overstep. But now he's got a window here to potentially get a key Eagle guy or two or three. I don't think it could be any more than three because they're at some point going to have to talk to Jalen Hurts after this season is over and done with, so he can't spend all the money. But he's been very good during his tenure as general manager of getting guys signed to contracts before they become free agents. The entire Eagle defense, or damn close to it, is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. This side of Darius Slay and Hassan Reddick, all the key guys are free agents. You got uh, maybe one guy on offense that you would look to try and extend at this time. But again, uh, Miles Sanders, you put in whatever perspective you think you should. If you, had to pro- if you could get one guy... Out of all the eagle free agents, at a fair market value deal, you're not getting a Howie Roseman Philadelphia discount. You're not saying Howie go ahead and blow him out with an offer because we got to have him done and go ahead and overpay. Fair value deal. Who is the the number one priority for you with all the eagle free agents for Howie wow. to get
2: done? Wow, the priority number one guy. I mean, I know Fletcher Cox is on that one year deal. Jordan Davis is obviously going to fill that role. Javon Hargrave's in that category. Man, so – oh, my goodness. That's a really tough question, Jody Mack.
3: And that's, <sighs> that's why they, they pay me the eleven seventy five. dollars <laughs> <laughs>
2: The guy that jumps to mind, because the Eagles, I think, are always going to invest in the defensive line through the draft. I think that's always where they're going to – but the issue that they've had a problem with, they've addressed it in free agency, they've addressed it in trades, is the safety position. So I feel like through the draft, they're always going to take care of the defensive line. I feel like in the secondary, that's where they ignore some things. I think it comes down to James Bradbury, and I think it comes down to C.D. Deuce, who's only leading the league in interceptions right now with five. So I think they go either Bradbury or C.D. Deuce, but to get off the fence on those two, I'll give you an answer. I think they're going to go with C.D. Deuce in that that respect there, because I think he's so versatile a player. And I can eliminate the off, the defensive line here just because of the draft stock. You also talk about TJ Edwards. You talk about Kazir White uh, betting on himself with the one-year deal here in Philly. So it's interesting. It's a great question. It's, it's not far and away in my mind, C.D. Deuce. There's great arguments for everybody. But if I'm saying one guy, interceptions, turnovers have been a huge problem of this Eagles defense for years now. And C.D. Deuce is up there right now as the league leader in interceptions, so i got to go with him as a guy I want to see re-signed here in Philadelphia. And maybe you do still get a little bit of that Philly discount because he just he just loves us so
4: much. Maybe that'll yeah. be part of it. Well, I think uh, you tapped into where I would go, Mark, and that's the Philly discount. I think I go the easiest route. I think T.J. Edwards or Marcus Epps will be the easiest route. Okay. So I think they will probably be first. I think Chauncey's he's, he's more difficult because he's playing so well. You know, it, Howie Roseman is known for, you know, he's smart when it comes to finances and you don't negotiate when leverage is highest for the opposition. And right now, Chauncey's, as you mentioned, and that's where I'll end it with you, the interceptions, the turnovers. We talked about that lot before I get to it at Mark Barzetta, follow Mark on Twitter New episodes of the Farsi Show every Monday through Friday, 6 to 7, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook Live, everywhere you can watch streaming stuff. Mark, we, we brought this up with Nick Sirianni. We brought it up with Jonathan Gannon. They don't want to hear the term luck, <laughs> but the Eagles are plus 15 in turnover ratio. The number two team in the NFL is plus seven. That's Baltimore. That is what they call... Way out of whack. (laughs) There's a randomness to turnovers. That's the word I use, and Mm -hmm. and Jody was joking about because coaches don't want to hear luck, but they'll listen to random. Can plus 15 and eight better than the number two team in the NFL, can that continue, or is there a regression to the mean on the horizon? I mean, I think a lot of
2: the same reasons to why it won't are a lot of the same reasons why – I don't know if the Eagles will go undefeated, but I know they'll at least flirt with that. It's because they just have a great mindset about like there's when I talk talking about it, it's, it's focus and protecting the football comes down to focus and whether coaches want to admit it or not, there are things that happen outside your control that go in your favor. And that is the definition in my mind of luck. Uh, Nick Foles throws a pass off of who is it? Neil, uh, um neil's knee in yeah, the uh in the neil. Yeah. Yeah, no, neil thank you and it ha- happens to go in the hands of uh tory smith yeah okay that's that's not that's not something you forced happen that's luck so for me i, I think love luck actually absolutely exists but the turnover thing for me for the eagles is i look at jalen hurts and i he not that he doesn't do it but he rarely puts the precious pigskin in peril I see a guy like Miles Sanders who's had fumbling issues or drop issues as well in his career, not doing that this year. That's a laser focus about this team. And that's ultimately what I think the turnover battle helps them so much with. I mean, you're talking about a team right now who forces more turnovers than anybody. So when you talk about turnover ratio in the NFL – that's going to be pretty good for the Eagles as the season goes on. But when it comes to not giving the football away, I mean, right now you're looking at a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts, who only has thrown two interceptions this year. That's the He's second to only Tom Brady, who has one. And there's a couple guys out there. Daniel Jones also hasn't turned the football over much when it's come to interceptions. They're being smart with the football. They're making efficient plays. They're trusting their receivers to make catches. They're not getting the ball tipped as much every once in a while we'll see jalen hurts get a ball tipped to the line but that is where a little bit of luck happens it's not tipped into the hands of a of an opponent so for me i think it comes down to just that focus that they have and i think that's just the way they play the game for whatever reason that's the way it's fallen into place i think that number one reason is focus
3: all right 4G, uh, last one for me uh what will the Folesian society do <laughs> if 10 days from now, either as the starting quarterback or coming off the Indianapolis bench, Nick Foles does what Nick Foles does, comes off the bench and throws touchdown passes and wins games yeah, and pins the first loss of the year on the Philadelphia Eagle. What are all those people who have been saying Nick Foles walks on water? What will be their take?
2: Well, as soon as they get out of the Folesian Society prayer service, which I believe is every Wednesday, uh, they'll, they'll tell you, I told you, should have never let this guy go. Look, I, I think, no, in all seriousness, I'll just think that they'll look at it and go, of course, it's Nick Foles that comes back and, and ends the record and all that. It's the ghost of the Folesian past. I guess, that comes back to haunt the Eagles. But I think it'll be looked at like just like that. Of all the people, of course, it had to be Foles. At least it was done by somebody that we love so much. And by the way, it's not going to happen because the Colts are just absolutely um, – do you think Jim Ursay is very happy that Daniel Snyder exists? Because if Daniel Snyder didn't exist, Jim Ursay would be getting
4: (laughs) 10 times more shade. And and, and think about that, you know, when you talk about Lockmark, And the stars aligning. The Eagles are 8-0. We're all talking about it, the best team in football. And who are the next two on the schedule? Daniel Snyder's team, Jim Irsay's team. That's a beautiful thing.
3: Carson Wentz's team and Nick Foles' team are the next two guys. And, oh, by the way.
4: And neither are going to play. John and I talked
3: about it earlier about the, the unfair criticism that the both uh, the new head coach and the owner of the Colts is taking because he decided to go with an outside the box hire. We're all assuming that those two guys are on the exact same page. <laughs> if they get beat this week and they're losing and they're playing Eagles in the game of close, do you think Jeff Saturday is going to worry one iota about putting in another quarterback and going, Oh my God, I'm going to have to deal with the wrath of my owner. He's mm. going to give him the high finger. I'm trying to win games. What do you mean? <laughs> go fire me. ESPN hasn't even filled my chair yet. <laughs> Pay me my contract that you foolishly signed, and I'll go back and talk for a living on ESPN. I'm telling you, I, gonna, I admire. Poles will be in that game. Mark my words. I don't I doubt admire
4: it. Admire the push. I admire the push. I disagree, but I admire I the push. We'll find we'll find
3: out in ten days. Oh, in the meantime, they got to beat the Commanders, which they yeah. will. But
4: Monday, Jacob Sports pregame Show with Mark Barzetta too. Ooh, I'll there be go. there. Wow, look at you. That's a seamless plug. Thank
2: you, brother.
0: Right. Oh, by, by the way. way,
2: by the way, just real quick, I I I was I wanted my three slightly better hires. Slightly better than Jeff Saturday. So, no way good hires. But here here the Matt Ryan, while he's the backup quarterback. Yeah, also, why not? Why yeah. not? He's there. Pat McAfee, just because I want someone on the sidelines with less amount of no sleeves than th- yeah, th- th- no Bill Belichick. And then uh, the last one was Peyton Manning. And um, I want him to still do the Manning cast for the two, not one, but two, Monday Night Football games, the Colts have remaining on their schedule got, this year. They got Uh-oh. two left? They got three primetime games left, my friend. And three. No. Oh, no. Oh. Is the other one Sunday
3: night or Thursday night?
2: I believe the other one's Sunday night. Uh, the they'll one's be Sunday flexed night. out.
3: Mark my words, they'll be flexed out of that one. That's that's <laughs> not staying. saying. Monday uh, night, you got to live with. Sunday, okay. you can flex out of. Oh, they'll be uh, flexing out of the Indianapolis Colts. Marjorie, mm. good job. Thanks, brother.
2: Always a pleasure, fellas. Thanks so much. Mark, thanks, Marzada Mark.
3: The Farzi show <laughs> and the Jacob Media Eagles pregame show right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Mac, and Mac coming back. We got to put a bow on the show.
5: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit
6: theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
9: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Jacob guys, final couple of minutes. Uh, appreciate you jumping in here. Speaking of Jacob Media's other shows, we had Mark Farzad that on from the pregame show tomorrow. We'll have Mike Missinelli part of the crew on the Jacob Media Post Game Show with Johnny Mac, is also a part of Mikey Miss. Going to jump in with us tomorrow. Uh, I haven't talked to him in over a month. Always good when we get Mike on. So looking forward to that. Right, John, I do want to uh, address one of our, our streamers here. We don't do this much, but I just saw this. And I think it's something that uh, all Eagle fans have to be aware of because we're going to talk a lot about how Howie Roseman is going to balance the salary cap and Jalen Hurts's contract and who you want to extend. So you got to understand a couple of things about the salary cap. And I'm not a capologist, but I have a pretty good working knowledge of it uh, from our buddy Dominique Dabney, who was – uh, Jukwiski Tart's biggest fr- fan. Um,
4: still a Tart fan, isn't
3: Uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of tough to be a Tart fan when he's not in the league. He might have been, but I don't think he's actually on anybody's roster. But uh, Dominique said about uh, juggling salary cap and the like, Kelsey and Fletcher probably gone, literally frees up about 30 million in cap space. Well, no, nowhere near 30. And oh, by the way, as a matter of fact. It's going to cost the Eagles when both of those guys are gone. They cleaned up the Fletcher thing this offseason. They released him, took all the cap hits. So he is purely on a sour year this year. So when he walks away, you'll be getting back what Fletcher is making this year, which is 15. What's Fletcher 14, salary? I think. I 14.
0: Think 14. And three.
3: So you're right. Yeah. That's a $14 million game if Fletcher is not back. But if Kelsey retires, they're gonna take about a twenty million dollar dead cap hit because Howie kept pushing money forward and pushing money forward and pushing money forward. Jason is actually under contract till twenty twenty six. Now a whole bunch of those are automatically voidable years, but the Eagles prorated the bonuses over those years to balance them out and make it an individual hit less each and every single year. So no, they're not gonna save money when you, if. If and when Jason Kelsey decides to retire, the Eagles are not going to save money under the cap. It's going to actually cost them under the cap.
4: Yeah. And Jason, you know, I always say, you know, be careful, Jason, what he thinks today, is it going to be what he's thinking uh, a month after the season ends and he recharges his batteries. So he's kind of indicated to his friends on the team that this is probably it. Uh, but, you know, he can change his mind. Uh I All would still right, hold out hope. On let's
3: that. end it on a really high note. I'll get you to project for me here.
4: Philadelphia
3: Eagles win the Super Bowl. Uh, undefeated, not undefeated, blah, 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 blah whatever else. Uh, end of the road, they win a Super Bowl. He gets to pull the mummer's costume out of the closet if that's how he chooses to adorn himself that day. Does a Super Bowl win make it more likely or less likely that Jason Kelsey is back for 2023.
4: I would think more, more likely that he retires. I think he'd want to go out on top. Um, I think that would ship towards more pretty, likely. Pretty
3: good way to end it. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah.
4: tend to agree with you. All
3: right, brother. Uh, I say we do this again tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat challenge. You in? Let's do it. Mac and Mac guys right back here on Birds 365 in two and two.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. on Birds 365.